is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, uh, you took a sip of your drink, and I saw that reaction. You got to tell people what you're working with over there. I have some uh, Traverse City Whiskey Company whiskey, and the best. A little bit of a bigger glass than I usually use, and just kind of, you know, over pour it a little bit. Uh, I was planning to top it off with some, you know, lovely Michigan cider. Uh, and I, I put some cider in to, you know, give it that extra kick of flavor that I love. And I can't taste the cider, man. There's a, a good amount of whiskey in here. And I, and I think it's that it's November, man. And it's football season. I think it's that the time to have this much. It's also nine fifteen Eastern you know, PM in the evening. Right. So I mean, after a Michigan a dub that we, that we just talked about, you're right. Yeah. We're doing this, uh, what's the Wednesday, right after the yep. Michigan Buffalo basketball game. And I've had a day, Derek. I'm not going to lie. I've had a day. Normally, I come very prepared to talk about football. I've got the spread. I've got the series history. i got none of that today. I know Michigan's playing Penn State. I know we should talk about this, actually. Derek hosted me and my wife uh, for a weekend. and We went to the Michigan IU game. And it was a super classy experience. He showed us Ann Arbor. Uh he made he had a bed made for us there were towels laid out none of that though Derek none of that even comes close to comparing to my experience meeting Lenny Derek uh, has a dog named Lenny and he's just a big ball of joy man the happiest dog I think I've ever seen I love that guy we talk about him still yeah, he's special. Once in a while, he makes an appearance in the podcast. I'm down in the basement now, trying to get a you know a little podcast studio thing going here. And uh, yeah, he he doesn't join me as much as he used to, but you know, I know the I know the listeners have heard a good uh good hot take from Lenny over the years. But hey, man, what a what a weekend, uh, what a game. You know, kind of a kind of a, a different game in the sense that it was a last minute put together night game against Indiana. You know, we were overdressed for the cold. It wasn't even that bad. Well, speak for uh, yourself. Right? Yeah, I, I was overdressed for the cold. Uh, you know, a, a dominant win in a lot of ways. You know, holding Indiana to seven. You know, putting up almost thirty, uh, and you know, taking care of business. And and now an opportunity. You know, jumping Michigan State in the college football playoff, which you know is driving, you know, everyone but Michigan fans crazy. Uh, and you know an opportunity to go into Penn State you know a a very difficult environment uh, even for a noon game Uh, and and even with a team that has three losses already but you know a a great weekend last weekend hopefully another great weekend at least in the the sense that we'll see another Michigan football win but yeah there's a there's a lot to process right now Uh, whether it's the rankings you know the opportunity that Michigan still has to, to make the college football playoff after the loss to Michigan State uh, and then just kind of that, you know, that worry, that that lack of of optimism, you know, heading into Happy Valley where, you know, things have been pretty unhappy overall. It was so cool getting to experience with like 100,000 other people that moment in the stadium where they they uh, update us on the Michigan State score that oh, yeah. had won. Everybody's going crazy. How, how do you feel that, that Michigan jumps over Michigan State? Because my feeling is that I'm just so confused about what the playoff committee is actually considering. It's always been a question for me. Like, are we trying to find the best teams 
or the most deserving teams. And the criteria seem to change depending on the team, depending on the week, depending on the season. Like, we're just always going back and forth. And so if you're talking about it's about most deserving, well, then you should keep Michigan State ahead of Michigan because of the head-to-head. Um, but that's obviously not what happened. So are we only looking at just like what team is the best team? Because if that's the case, if that's the rationale for putting Michigan ahead of Michigan State, I don't feel like that was a uniform rationale throughout the rest of the rankings. You still uh, you know, have Oregon ahead of Ohio State, for example, even though I think it's pretty clear Ohio State is the better team, even though they lost earlier this season. And and I always love getting your perspective on Michigan, Michigan State stuff, you know, being that you live in Michigan and I do not. But how does this how does this feel, you know, up there in the mitten state? I mean it feels unfair, I think. You know, Michigan State fans will uh will, will think so even more so. I, I feel like you you look back and at that that game and it, I really did feel like Michigan felt like the better team. You know, we we talked about the ref thing. Uh and I don't think that the ref thing's a factor. Though I think Jim Harbaugh did the right thing by being really quiet and really careful about the ref thing, and since you know, around you know, a couple of days before uh, the rankings come out, if not the day before, you know, the, the Big Ten kind of said, "Hey, you know, mistakes were made." Uh, they always come out and usually say stuff like that, uh, and I think the way that you know Michigan has played this season on the road at Nebraska, on the road at Wisconsin, who's now number seventeen. Uh, you know, Purdue beat Michigan State. You know, they're now ranked. They've also beaten Iowa. So it's not like they lost to a bad team. But I think that, you know, you lose to number seven Michigan State uh, on the road at the time. Uh, and then Michigan State, you know, the next weekend loses uh, on the road themselves to, to Purdue unranked, at least when that game happens. Uh, I think the committee says Michigan's the better team. Uh, what more well suited for the, the college football playoff picture. Uh, and, yeah, you know, I, I don't disagree, but it, it doesn't feel like they should be jumping Michigan State, especially when you look at what you mentioned in Oregon and, and, and Ohio State. You know, Ohio State, I think, is better than Oregon, but Oregon won, and that's why they're ranked ahead. Either way, all the teams combined, you know, especially in the Big Ten with, with Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State specifically, you know, you have to take care of business. You know, really a lot of people are up in uh, arms about this, but, you know, I one of these teams is going to lose and a couple of them uh, probably might lose and, you know, one might lose more than once uh, moving forward and it'll be silly that we even talked about this. So uh, I think, yeah, it's unfair, but it is what it is and it doesn't matter if Michigan's ahead or behind them, you know, they're going to have to win big games coming up no matter what. Yeah, the Michigan and Michigan State still have to play Ohio State, so still plenty of stuff to learn and, and get sorted out here. You know who's not ranked, though? is Penn State, Michigan's next opponent. They came in at uh, 23rd in the AP Top 25, nowhere to be found in the college football playoff rankings. Michigan's a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Thank God it's a noon Eastern kickoff. No whiteout, no crazy night game atmosphere in Happy Valley. Because uh, that's like an automatic L, isn't it? I mean, I know Penn yes. State isn't having exactly the year that they were you know, hoping to, but... Uh, Michigan, you know, eight and one, looking good. I, I wouldn't even entertain the possibility of a win if this was uh, going to be a whiteout game at night. Would you? No, and I feel like you know you'd be silly being really any team going into that environment and expecting a win, uh, and just going into Penn State in general. You know, it's the same. 
problem. Michigan's had at Wisconsin. A lot of those games are day games, and Michigan, you know, wasn't able to go in and win as recently until this year. So, you know, whether uh, Wisconsin was down at the time or Penn State seems down now, you know, lost three out of the last four, I think it is. Um, I, I think that this is still going to be a, a tough environment against a tough team with a great football coach who has outcoached Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has also, you know, outcoached Penn State. But, you know, this seems to be that that series where the home team wins. Uh, Penn State's the home team this weekend, and I I don't think it's out of the question to think that they could, uh, you know, know, send Michigan home with a loss. Uh, The big name here to watch is Jahan Dotson, dynamic wide receiver. Uh, You know, people have over in Penn State have their complaints about Sean Clifford at quarterback, but uh, at the end of the day, like, he knows he's got one really good weapon in Jahan Dotson. Uh, is this the game we talk about this every week I think and, and I'm the one who brings it up so I apologize if you're not even interested but is this the game where where Michigan secondary uh, gets a little more exposed than than we've gotten used to this season or are you, are you 100%. Okay? I think you it's know? the same okay. thing I think it's the same thing with Michigan State against David Bell and Purdue uh, you know I think a weakness that you you saw going into the season maybe even more so than Michigan I think Michigan's done a lot defensively schematically to to look good to maybe even make the secondary look better than they are you know that's the whole point of, of changing the system uh, is giving these guys some help uh, not putting them out there on islands if they're not you know the better player against some of these stud receivers in the Big Ten Jahan Dotson's gonna you know he's he's gonna have a big game probably and if he doesn't uh, you're gonna see the Ohio State thing where a guy you you know you don't hear a lot from will because they're gonna key on key in on a guy like John Dotson uh, and they have plenty of other talented weapons at the receiver position as well and you know usually year to year great tight ends uh, and like you said Sean Clifford you know uh, has a lot of resources as a quarterback he hasn't looked great uh, at times this season uh, dealt with some injury things as well but you know he he's going to be able to to make some plays because that receiving core is that good. So I don't know about expose, but I think you're going to see some holes, and I think the secondary is going to give up some big plays. He's got 932 yards right now. Um, I feel confident saying he's going to get to a thousand in this game, but it'll make it a little more interesting. Do you think he gets to a thousand in the first half? Yes, 100%. I mean, it, it, Penn State, I mean, think of Saquon Barkley days, you know, big plays at home. You know, that, those yeah. were at night. Uh, he had some day ones, too. He had some at Michigan Stadium. Uh, but Johan Dotson is, you know, he's not Saquon Barkley, but he's he's a player that, uh, you know, is, is going to make a, a living in the NFL, likely. Uh, 932. Uh, you know, being less than 70 yards away over a thousand on the season, I think that's, you know, one forty yard play and, you know, throw it to him in the corner of the end zone. He's probably going to go up and get it. So, yeah, I think he, he probably gets to a thousand in the first half. Hopefully that's his biggest half, though, because if he does it again in the second half, I think Michigan might lose this one. We got, you know, some iffy stuff at injury, not a lot of answers. I imagine, like, we won't really know Blake Corum's status until – uh, going into that game on Saturday is, you know, we saw Hassan Haskins. He played perfectly fine carrying that load by himself. And I don't think that surprised anybody, but is that sustainable uh, against a little better competition? Do you need Blake Corm out there? Like, like what does possibly not having him mean for this offense? And, you know, even looking at Cade McNamara, who has, uh, I, th- I think it's fair to say, developed much better in this second half of the season 
than what you maybe were expecting after watching him in the first half of the season. But I just wonder, like, can Michigan go through this thing without one of its best playmakers? Uh, it's going to be tough. You know, I think they can win the game without Blake Corum. Uh, hopefully Blake Corum uh, can, can heal up as quickly as possible. Uh, but, you know, this is a, a Penn State squad who, you know, the thing that they've done consistently under James Franklin is, you know, get big plays on offense. And Blake Corum is a big play guy. Uh, and so to miss out on an opportunity to, to even – uh, have give him a chance to do that, you know, obviously is unfortunate. Uh, but we'll see uh, who's good to go. Uh, that running back room is is obviously going to be better with a dynamic duo. Uh, but Hassan Haskins, you know, he's literally built uh, for this. You know, uh, he's obviously an injury away from I'm putting Michigan's running back room in a even more dire situation. But, you know, this dude will fight for the extra yard. He's probably the hardest running Michigan running back that I can think of in a long time. Uh, and, and the way that he was able to uh, take on the bulk of the load last week and do so successfully, I think, at a career high. Uh, that was just fun to watch. You know, he leaped over somebody again. It's like the third or fourth time he's done that this season. Uh, you know, he is he is as exciting as any running back really in the country outside of uh, Kenneth Walker, who just seems to be, you know, a really special talent. Uh, but Hassan Haskins can do it, but on the road, man, getting beat up, uh, having to, you know, take the bulk of the carries, that's that's tough, especially in a game that could be a close one. I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to jinx it. I'll knock on synthetic wood here, what I'm pretty sure is synthetic wood. Um, but Hassan Haskins, when he leaps over people, seems to do it with, like, more – balance than you see other guys have like other guys when they leap over people you're surprised when they're still alive and they get up off of the ground I feel like Hassan Haskins has really great body control so that he is you know even when he's absorbing a hit it's nothing crazy he just looks like way more in control than most people yeah he he just seems in control in general, you know. I think that's a big part of why he's always falling forward. He, he seems to to know how to get out of tight spaces. Um, you know, there's a big play where it felt like it was going to be a five-yard run turned into a 15-yard run over the weekend. I got a little offensive lineman help with the carry there. But, you know, he, he had another play what, against Northwestern where, you know, similar to a Devion Smith where he disappears for a while and then still busts out for a big run. Uh, he just seems to have – great balance great control uh, and I think that is more dangerous sometimes than, than just being flat out explosive or fast uh, and so he's likely going to get a big load of carries whether you know Blake Corum's good to go or not and you know he's going to be pretty critical to, to how Michigan's offense plays uh, and right behind him of course is Cade McNamara before we will talk about Cade McNamara but and there's a reason I'm bringing this up but Derek you got to tell everyone about uh, the gentleman sitting behind us at the game who had had a few drinks uh, trying to <laughs> trying to talk to me about David Ajabo <laughs> and I can't remember what he said it was not Ajabo <laughs> do you remember uh, yeah let's uh, let's back up even further uh, <laughs> okay. and just kind of explain a scene here to those listening Paint a picture, yeah. This this is a guy who had a lot to say. Big booty Moody every time uh, oh, Jake man. Moody came out to, to kick a field goal, which is like 15, 15 times a game because Michigan, you know, dislikes to kick field goals. Just show <laughs> off a good kicker. You Loves know, field goals, yeah. All on purpose, of course. Uh, so you, this is a guy, you know, the, the, the classic right behind you, yeller. You know, you just got to have to learn to, to roll with it. 
Um, and this is also a guy who gave me 20 bucks cash for a little shooter of fireball. Uh, so just to paint the picture, this is who we're, we're working with <laughs> I wasn't with even going to bring that up because I thought that might be embarrassing <laughs> for your ego. <laughs> no, this was, this was a great moment. I mean, I, you know, anytime someone wants to hand 20 bucks over for something ridiculous, I will accept it every time just to, to prove a point that there are some people who are built different. Uh, anyway, this guy, you know, I, I think what he said was, you know, who's the other guy, you know, on the other side of Aiden Hutchinson who's really good, like, you know, Whatever he said, I think it was like it started with an N. Yeah, no, no Joby or Najaba. Nagobi. Nagobi. I knew what he was going for. We just kind of we both just kind of ignored it. it. We just you know, I think the conversation went another direction. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like you can really carry on a conversation in that environment anyway. I don't know why he was uh, why he was trying to talk to me like that. I mean, but I did, he I he's got a point though, Jabba. right? He yeah, and and I feel like. You know, whether he knew the name or not, he knew that there's a difference maker on the defense and just, you know, felt the need to talk about him. And I think, you know, that that he's right in that sense, you know, just as a, as a fan is, you know, sometimes we don't talk about uh, enough of, of the other players, uh, especially when you got, got a guy like Aiden Hutchinson who's, you know, steals a lot of the spotlight. I brought it up because did you see that Mel Kuyper uh, has David Ajabo as one of his, like, rising draft prospects uh you know one of the one of the guys who's like moved up the most in the country did you see that yeah and and i think that for some fans is a little scary to think that hey this guy you know could could be bouncing like that but you know a lot of it you know again credit to aiden hutchinson who draws a lot of attention david Ajabo is a phenomenal player uh would be the perfect story you know the fitting story of the defense alignment like an Aiden Hutchinson who comes back for for one more season to be the lead you know they seem to get guys to come back to be the lead like that but no he has you know a, a wealth of talent uh and well deserving on that ranking for Mel Kuyper very, a very serious ranking obviously for Mel Kuyper uh you know one of the best in the business with with that stuff uh yeah no he's an incredible player that that and Aiden Hutchinson combined, you know, make make life a lot easier on a secondary when you can get to the quarterback like they do. Uh, you know, people who don't like follow Michigan like that probably have no idea that David Ojabo started playing football five years ago. He leads the Big Ten with eight sacks. He's got four forced fumbles. Uh, you know, people will tell you that to become a even better prospect, he'll have to step up his run game. That's definitely one place for Aiden Hutchinson has an advantage on him but just like a pure pass rusher i you know there are definitely some nfl executives out there just salivating over getting a guy like that that would be you know that's a big deal at the next level obviously um so let's talk about Cade mcnamara but of course like we're going to do it in the context of uh jj mccarthy because this is mccarthy's first time going back on the road since you know having a couple fumbles against michigan state including one that that uh, you know, may not have been totally his fault, according to you know Jim Harbaugh's analysis of it. But still, I mean, he was he was the quarterback and he lost the ball. And like Jim Harbaugh will tell you, and and I think most other people will tell you, like you're the quarterback, you're in charge of that ball security, uh, and and you know you just gotta. That's one of those you gotta take the blame for and be like, I'll get it, I'll get better. You know, we'll fix that. He's going back on the road in, in an environment like Penn State. Do you think there's anything there for him? Uh, mentally, do you think there's anything there for the coaching staff to where it's like, do we want to throw him back out there again in the same way that we did against Michigan State, which 
It was pretty heavy usage, and he had some big responsibilities. Uh, hesitancy from the coaching staff, for sure. I think that's why you saw, what, none of J.J. McCarthy in the first half, if very little, especially compared to Michigan State where he was out there and uh, you know for some big plays. Uh, from J.J. McCarthy, though, I, I think he's you know put all that aside. Uh, sure, he'll probably think about it. Uh, but this is a guy that, you know, as much as he's going to do it in a, in a respectful way, uh, be supportive of a, of a teammate in Kate McNamara, he wants to be the starting quarterback. He wants to be a star. He's been a star uh, coming out of high school. He's played a lot of games on national TV, playing at IMG Academy. Uh, you know, he wants to be out there. And, and I think that, uh, you know, yeah, coaching staff maybe uh, wanting to make sure they put him in the perfect situation. You know, J.J. McCarthy wants to be out there every single play. So I think you'll see as much of him as last weekend, you know, maybe even potentially a little bit more uh, because of how uh, he can diversify the offense, uh, you know, create a, a problem at the, you know, matchup level. Uh, you know, he can run the ball. He, he didn't really do a lot of running the ball uh, last week, uh, or at least successfully. But, yeah, you know, we saw a possession out of him. Uh, didn't end up doing much with it. But you're going to see more of him, and I, I don't think he's, you know, doing anything but looking for the next big moment where he can shine. Uh, because even though he had a moment uh, of adversity and, and, and turned the ball over with Blake Corum there, you know, he also threw a pretty a great touchdown pass on the road uh, against a top 10 team in a top 10 matchup. So I think he's, you know, chopping up the bit and would really love to get out there. Uh, and I think Cade McNamara, you know, continues to play well because he knows he's also protecting his job. So to have two quarterbacks that want to be out there, feel confident that they can be out there, uh, and both of them showing signs of, of being great at times, I think Michigan's in pretty good hands moving forward if, if they can stay healthy, of course. Yeah, I feel like this is one where they don't dial him back a whole lot. They don't push the envelope too much. Uh, yeah, it, I think it'll pretty much be the kind of stuff we've been seeing uh throughout this season nothing, nothing much more nothing much less uh over under here Derek 48 and a half I don't know if that ever influences your score prediction sometimes it does mine sometimes it doesn't uh but what do you got here yeah I've got over uh and, and the reason I do and just give my score you know I think that this is going to be a game where uh Michigan wins but I think it's going to be close uh and I think it's going to be similar to that Michigan State game uh in, in many ways uh, with maybe a couple of runs from both teams at some point, but I've got Michigan uh, 35 and, and Penn State 31. Mm, a four-point game. Maybe it's one where where Penn State gets the ball with like a minute and a half, and you know you know you need a touchdown, and Michigan needs a stand. One of those. That you know that is the classic. I, I was talking to you know some uh, hometown friend and another friend from college and. Uh, you know, one of my friends brought up the point, you know, when's the last time you've seen Michigan like have a game winner, you know, compared to a, a game winning defensive stop? Uh, so, yeah, probably more likely that, you know, a team like Penn State has a chance to win it and Michigan's got to come up with a big stop like they've done many times uh, under Jim Harbaugh. That'd be great. I, I'm going to go 38 34. I like the four point. Yep. differential there too I think Michigan is the better team um, I would not trust Michigan to go in there at night and win but based on what we've seen from this team so far this season including you know going and beating Nebraska in a really tough environment uh, you know taking it to Michigan State and just losing its way in the second half I mean that was still that's a tough road environment against a rival 
I think I've seen enough to say like a noon game against Penn State. Uh, that's that's going to be a crazy environment, but it's it's not anything beyond what this team can handle. And uh, when I look at somebody like Cade McNamara, I just trust him. Trust him to keep his composure. And you know, same thing. I look at Aiden Hutchinson. I trust him uh, to to come up with big plays because that's what good players do. That's what you know. That's what the great players do. Daxon Hill, same thing. I just trust this team in this situation. I think more than uh, maybe any other Jim Harbaugh Michigan team, but you know certainly more than the last few seasons. So I'll, I'll take him 38-34. And uh, if if you've got anything else, Derek, that you want to spill out here, uh, I'm I, I've I've done all my knowledge. So you know, I've I've got nothing else to offer. Hey, you know we both showed up with the same amount of preparation. Uh, you usually show up a little Which bit was more like prepared. negative. Yeah. You I, usually I show up, up more prepared. Oh. And you, I just want to, you know, I like when you show up prepared. I like the spread. I like that. But hey, man, you, you knocked it out of the park. So that's. I was at a city county council committee meeting listening to them appoint or reappoint like 13 positions Oof. in our city government. Riveting. And the, the thing I needed to pay attention to was very last on the agenda. To let yeah. you know how my night went. Yeah. That's yeah. just how it goes. Hey, you said you had one of those days and it sure was. You know, I you know, the only other thing that I that I could think of, you know, to do with the spread, you know, minus one point five, you know, Michigan's way and, and I think that, you know, people expect this to be a close game. We expect this to be a close game. And I think a lot of that has to do with Michigan's inability to win in tough environments on the road. So hopefully this weekend, uh similar to like Michigan at Wisconsin this year. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to see Michigan come out with a victory. Give I forgot to mention the Wisconsin win when I was talking about road game stuff. Oh, yeah. Dang. That's like this, it was forever ago. This, this is the year to do it, right? Win on the road in tough environments you don't win in. Yeah. Lose to Michigan State. You know, Michigan can never have the perfect season, but, you know, they have those seasons where you drop the rivalry loss, but you take care of business where people also expected you to, to flop. And that's kind of been the story of this team this year. Uh, you know, they're – ranked number six for a reason you know people think they're a, a really good football team uh the committee at least thinks so uh even you know being placed ahead of a team they lost to so yeah i guess we'll see you know they've got to continue to prove it to us because you know this is the time of the year where our optimism starts to fade away a little bit <laughs> yeah right uh check back with us next week on how we're feeling michigan penn state 12 o'clock eastern this one's in happy valley it's on abc Hopefully this one plays out a little better than we would expect it to during a night game whiteout at Penn State, but we shall see. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, oh, by the way, before we go, don't forget Michigan basketball plays at 8 o'clock on Saturday night, so hopefully it's a, a good Michigan sports day for you out there. But we'll take uh, we'll take you into next week with this one and, and, and talk to you, talk to, you uh, to get down the stretch of the season. So take care and go blue. Go blue.